10 a.m. Bam, we're live. Should you be home? Yeah, I had uh, so I had rookie mini camp um, last Thursday to Saturday, uh-huh. and then I came home for a week, and then on Sunday I go for a month, and then come back for a month, and then I go up to start the season. God, Tyson Bajan, hi. What's going on? Hey, um, your your junior year in high school, um, you started uh, varsity as quarterback. My sophomore, junior, and senior year. And what was your um, what was your junior year like at the at the end of the year? Did did you guys have a good junior year? Yeah, we won the state championship. Oh, crazy. Okay, and uh, and 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 good. You, you were good. You were healthy. Finished junior year strong. Lots of uh, lots of accolades. Better than your sophomore year. Lots of touchdown passes. Lots of good running. Lots of good good times. Yeah, good victories. I, I got better from my sophomore and my junior year. I would say I just I probably got a little. I was a little chubby my junior year, and then. Um, are you I, just saying that because you have a your your body's immaculate now? I can't imagine that. Are you just saying that because you're nah, hypercritical? Yeah, so no, right now, oh. right now I'm two fifteen, and my junior year when I was only sixteen, I was like two twenty three. Okay, okay, yeah. And, and then and then your senior year, how how are you your senior year in in high school? My senior year, I got down to two oh five, and then I did really well, and we won the state championship again. Okay, so high school, you win the state championship your junior and senior year. Yes. And um, it, are high school? Do high schools have divisions also? Uh, they have classes based on um, based on the number of students. So we it go in West Virginia. It goes up to AAA, and we were AAA. And that's the highest. Yes. Okay. And, and instead, and but from there, you don't go to some. I don't know. I don't know any of the big uh, uh, high school um, or sorry, college football teams. But I just mm-hmm. the only one I know is Clemson. So is that a, that's a big high school or college uh, football? Yes. Team program right you don't go anywhere like that no you go to a a smaller school that's a division two school called uh shepherd's town university shepherd university shepherd's university and and then do you start your freshman year there yes crazy is that unheard of uh yes yes it was it was kind of it was it was like a perfect storm though because they they had a really good quarterback the year prior but he was a senior and he graduated and they had nothing set in stone at the quarterback position when I got there. Uh, so I was able to uh, do good enough in summer camp that they felt comfortable enough uh, throwing me out there. Uh, um, Sean, I will ask him this question uh, in 2037 when he retires uh, from the NFL. Until then, I will just put that one on hold for 15 or 20 years. Okay. And, um, so, and then your, your junior year at college, you go, you win 13 games, uh, in a row and your senior year, same thing Two two basically perfect seasons, right? Yes. Junior and senior year. Yes. And your really junior good. year, you win the, uh, Harlan Hill award, which is the Heisman for the division, uh, two guys. Yes. So these, so these are like picture perfect. This is like, this is as good as it can get in high school and as good as it can get in college. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I have thought about it. I feel like I have done the absolute best that I could do everywhere I've been, thankfully. Uh, I'm going to uh, stop the interview here and, and go somewhere else. Sorry. So great. Pe- the journey's never done for great people. If you want to do great shit, you never get there. Correct. Everything is transitory to the next. You win the Super Bowl. It's it's not. It's it's. it's you're not. You're not there. Nope. <laughs> it's crazy. It, 
It's cr- this is not okay. Okay, back to the story. Okay, so so then you finish college. Uh, you have two two fantastic years, in, including in you know I, I was fortunate enough to see um, those uh, final plays in two or three games in a row where you're throwing touchdowns in the last, you know, few seconds of the game, you have some incredible like storybook finishes crowds going crazy. And then from there, most I'm guessing 99% of people, when they finish college football, their career's over. There's nowhere else for them to play. Right. They get like a job, like somewhere like selling mobile homes or becoming the CEO of McDonald's or something, becoming a lawyer or something. Yes. Okay. But you attempt to continue to pursue, to play the game, and um, that involves uh, something called the draft. It, it, what, other, what other options are there besides the NFL? They have, a couple, they have a couple leagues now right under the NFL, the USFL League and the XFL League. They also have like arena teams, uh, which is like indoor football on a smaller field. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in that, but the XFL, USFL gig, it's kind of like a, a league where if you're in the NFL and then you get uh, kicked off a team, they can pick you up and it's still a pretty good gig. Or if you're, if you didn't get drafted or picked up by a team, but you're still pretty good, then you can also go in that league as well. And then if you do really good in that league, you can get a chance to make it back to the top what's more likely to make it from one of these other leagues into the NFL or to make it from division two? Oh, definitely from one of those leagues. Okay. 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 Well, that's yeah. better than I thought. Okay. Cause going from division two to the NFL is, is it, it's probably it's un- like, it's probably like hitting the lottery like three times in your life. <laughs> right. That's what I would compare it to. But, but when, but in the other two or three interviews, uh, chances I've had to sit down and talk with you, You've never wavered. For some reason, you think that you 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 belong there. You're, I've never sensed any doubt in your mind, like that you're trying something crazy. You're always just like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, I feel I feel like there is. I feel like I'm a bit of an anomaly just because I was under. I was just under recruited in high school, but I still had the same size, and I was able to just grow into my size throughout college with the same like drive and work ethic i guess so i was able to continue to rapidly get better in college while a lot of people tend to maybe have already reached their max potential just because of you know when they hit puberty or if they still like it once they get to college because once you once you're on your own and you got to go to school and do football and try to separate yourself from everybody else it can be a little bit overwhelming so and people i mean once people get a little bit older they start to like other things uh you know, luckily for me, I always had the same plan going forward, which was why, and I had the size to do so, um, which was a perfect match. And I was at a perfect school that threw the ball a shit ton. Was able to, and I was at a school that needed a quarterback as soon as I got there. So I was able to have a lot of film and tape for a lot of years. So just everything had to play perfectly into place, you know, for me to even be here right now. It- and and the three things it's it's funny that you pick all those things it's pretty humble of you because here's the three things that I would say about you um uh from talking to you possibly you were a late bloomer uh your discipline and commitment to the sport is second to none and you were surrounded by uh a group of people who loved you like coaches yes. family friends it, it, with no hyperbole it's it, that's just the way it was you 
the the only fortunate things that ha- the fortunate things that happened to you in my mind is that you're surrounded by um, incredible family but the other two and 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 i guess late bloomers take it or leave it but then your commitment and discipline you've you, as, as long as i've known your family you've been unwavering in your pursuit yes i would say that was exactly it. just being surrounded by the perfect people um being in a perfect situation and then being a late bloomer, but even before I had necessarily did you hit puberty late? When you say late bloomer, you yeah, legit, like yeah, all I, the other I, boys I, had hair under their arms, and you yeah, were you were like, yeah, what they, the they, fuck? Everybody had everybody had that before I did, and I feel like I mean I don't know exactly, I haven't necessarily looked into it, but I feel like you get like two sets of you get like two waves of of puberty, like you get that puberty it turns you into from like a man to like a teenage strong kid. And then I feel oh, like okay. you mean like, uh, sorry, from a boy to like a teenage strong kid. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you get, like once you get, when you first get hair under your arms, I wouldn't necessarily say that you're a man yet. You still go right. from that stage to then hitting another wave. And then I feel like that's where they get the term like grown man strength. Yeah. Like you just have that. So I feel like I was in that, I was in that secondary level, like from a, from a little child, to like a strong teenage boy. But even when I was that and everybody else was like a grown man, I was still fitting in athletically, which is why once the second wave came, I feel like now I just uh, need to exceed, you know, all expectations and it, and it just become a lot easier for me. Okay. So maybe you didn't have some of the biological um, uh, advantages that other people had, but even with the, the late, being a late bloomer, you were still hanging with these dudes and, and uh, playing at the top of your Exactly. better than a lot of them okay yeah that's cool exactly. hey were you ever awkward did you ever look did you ever go through a phase a phase at 13 14 15 where you look like a, a giraffe that was like you know how like when a giraffe picks its head up when it's drinking or a cow's just born it's like just all goofy did, were, did, were you ever like that um i feel like i just i just had like a a little bit of a a, a chunky stage I, I i wasn't ever necessarily um awkwardly built but i just had you know i just still had baby fit baby fat um around that age that kind of lingered for maybe one or two years because six threes like little guys don't usually get goofy like that but you see those kids that kid who goes from being four feet tall to five foot five when he's 12 years old and all of a sudden he is just goofy were you ever real skinny like because you're tall uh over six three were you ever like one of those kids that just shot up and was like a stick i was not i was always pretty proportional um throughout uh steven flores congrats tyson i've been telling co-workers and friends to be on the lookout for you excited to see what god has in store for you brother nice okay uh, tom don't get ahead of yourself here hold on tyson are you at risk of being let go after training camp or do you have a solid place on the roster oh, hold on don't answer that yet we're to t- tom uh tom slow down buddy first date first date Let- let's build this up a little bit a little uh, let's earn that question okay but thank you tom i'll take your money ha- happily so so then you you um you you finish uh you finish college and you know because of people who are talking to you that the NFL is looking at you that it's a possibility right that scouts yeah. all you told us that scouts from every single team came to Shepherdstown all thirty two teams in the National Football League yes and letters come and people call you and Dan Marino eats dinner at your house <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's awesome. And and agents aren't going to waste their time with you either because they have to make they only make money if they sign people and agents are interested in you. Yes, exactly. So yeah, so the the fact that I was being pursued by agents um, 
well, based on just what I had done on the field, the feedback that my, my head coach was getting, and then on top of that, being pursued by so many agents before my senior season um, was a was a telltale sign that this was pretty uh, a pretty realistic thing because agents aren't going to go. They're not going to uh, pursue somebody who they don't think can make them any money. There, there's this. Um, I'm going to jump ahead here a second. There's this constant um, cliche line that everyone keeps using about you. That's been probably used on every every Division two player ever. And it's kind of pathetic that no one's come up with something new. But it's basically like, hey, he's amazing. He might be the best guy ever to to do it in Division two. But the speed, they always talk about the speed thing, and the NFL is different, and that's going to be his test. How are you um, going to? You're so supremely confident in yourself, and yet you seem humble at the same time. How, how do those two exist? And do you have to use that humility to grow? Like on one hand, you believe in yourself that you're totally capable and you're already there, but on the other hand, you have to be like aware, like okay, if what they're saying is true, what am I going to do to fix it? Exactly. I, I feel like I think about that quite quite often um, because I do. I, 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 there's like a lot of peace in the preparation. I feel like so. When I'm not prepared, I'm not at peace at all. I can't, I can barely function in anything if I'm not, you know, prepared in some sense with, with what, I, with what's at, with what's at, at hand. Um, so I know that I, I get a lot of confidence and peace through my preparation, but also I understand that also that the NFL is, is a cutthroat business that the average lifespan in the NFL is, is two years. Like the average career is only two years long. Um, so I know that there's also a lot of luck involved. And when you're all, when you're at the top, everything's going well. It's, it's obviously a lot to do with your preparation, but also just realizing that, um, you know, you're at the top right now, but the, the switch could flip, you know, in a day, in, a, in an hour, in a minute. So being able to just understand that, appreciate the moment, but also understand that this this could take a turn at any moment, as well as when you're down bad, when you're down bad and it's not going well, understanding to not be super upset and, you know, get down on yourself just because, you know, the switch could flip in an instant, you know, things could start flowing again, the luck could go in your favor and all those things. So just trying to keep the same personality and the same kind of emotions through and through I think has been has been huge for me, but also understanding that I am prepared. So I am, you know, very confident in, in my abilities when I'm out there. Uh, it, that's a crazy line. If I'm not prepared, I'm not at peace. I never heard that before. Yeah, there's a lot of pre- a lot of peace in, in preparation. Yeah, it's, it, it, um, that's what it's like um, uh, at night before I go to bed. If I'm going to have a guest on, if I'm not prepared, I'm not at peace. I have to yeah. I have to be prepared. It's almost like if I have to get up at a ridiculously early um, hour and I don't lay out like a, like an outfit, uh huh. And like if I have to get up and go immediately in the morning, I don't have my outfit laid out. That would um, that would just cause a lot of stress when I wake up. I feel like so little things like that, and then I th- feel like you can you can kind of put that with anything in life. Yeah, crazy. That's a cool line. Uh, so then, so now you're you're done with. You're done with college. You have an amazing college career. You have agents beckoning uh, at your call. You have football teams at your call. And this this thing happens that's the uh, Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. which is sort of the last chance for all the teams to look at you. 
and you go there with, uh, I think I, from what I read, 106 other um, guys show up who are like the best football players um, in the country, more or less, minus yeah. maybe a handful of guys. Uh, how was that? It was, it was very crazy. It was obviously a huge opportunity and looking back on it, very glad that I did it just because of the mindset it gave me kind of going forward and what to expect. It was very like, it was very hands-on, got to meet a lot of people, got to see Dan Marino, like you said, got to meet with a lot of NFL teams. And then also with all those questions about the speed, just from where I'm coming from, I was able to play with the best of the best. So it was a huge opportunity for people to get eyes on me playing with that speed that they had been talking about all these years. And what did you notice? Did you notice anything weird? Like, did it go from, did you notice anything different? No, I didn't notice anything different with the speed. The only difference was the fact that the the big, the big boys, the offense and defensive linemen were just a little bit bigger. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. They were a lot bigger. Right. And, Meaning, so that, that's actually, that's another thing. I don't know if your dad or someone explained that to me or when you were on the show, but yeah, so that basically looking over the guys was different when you threw downfield. Yeah, it wasn't even necessarily that. It's just the fact that, like, I had no problem seeing everything and doing, you know, kind of what I've, what I've been doing throughout my college career, but it was just cool. It was just a little bit cooler to look at these dudes. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, a like a, like giant like like the difference between a giant sunflower and just a medium one. Like you drive by in the you, you know yes. when you're a little kid and you plant a sunflower and it's ten feet tall and the yes. head's like, like looking like it's like looking at a, look, looking at a regular tree in like Shevertown and then looking at like one of those like redwood oak trees. Yeah. It, it, and up uh, and do those guys move just as good as the smaller guys? Oh, they, I mean, yeah, yeah. I would say they're they're equal to better, which is why they have the intangibles and they're able to move the way they do. Uh, you kind of have to be like an alien in that sense to be able to make it to the senior bowl at one of those positions. And it's kind of like, my- like a, it's kind of like an NBA player, like an NBA player doesn't look like a, it, you kind of look at them like they're not human because you're like, wow, this dude is like seven foot tall that you kind of feel sorry for him in that sense of like, they're, like the things you can do day to day is limited with the way that you're built. Like that's crazy to look at. And but instead of it, instead of it hindering you, you admired it. You were happy to be. It sounds like you're happy to be out there with those giant guys. You enjoy it. You admired it. You had fun with it. You you respected it. Yes, one hundred percent. And um, you had also talked about wanting. You felt like you could play even better with better people around you. Have you sensed some of that coming out of you already? Yes, I've noticed that. Um, I've noticed that I have to spend less time worrying about if other people are prepared and good enough as I did at Shepard, just not because people were, were terrible or anything, but just because of lack of resources, you can't necessarily, um, and, and the, uh, just the limited amount of money that you give to each individual, individual player. Sometimes you question like, if this dude's getting $500 a semester, that's barely being able to pay his books. How much does he really care about this whole football thing? But you don't have to worry about that, you know, at the senior bowl and at rookie mini camp. And things like that, just because you know that these guys have made it to the same level that you are. So you don't have to question or waver um, their preparation or ability. So I've been able to just solely focus on what my job is and making making the best out of every opportunity that I get uh, that I have been able to. It's been able to complement my game, having dudes that are just as capable all around me. Hey, for for someone like me who doesn't. Uh, understand the game when they say move faster th- timing stuff do they mean like maybe you're you would have to th- change uh s- sort of your perception on passing because a guy might be a little bit faster or you might have to um 
throw different uh, arches in the ball because dudes might be able to jump up quicker and swat your stuff down. Is there anything like you could explain to a, the layman? It's a little understand? bit. It's a little bit of that, but I think more so than anything, it's it's a job now. So people, instead of you going to class and studying and then going to play football, you're studying football and then going to practice. Mm -hmm. So the timing has to be so on point just because it's not that the fact that everybody is necessarily faster um, because, you know, human beings tend to get slower as they get older. But it's the simple fact that everybody knows exactly where they're supposed to be mm. and knows exactly what their job is. So it makes it a little bit harder than when you're playing a, a Division two guy or even a D1 guy that, you know, ha had to go to class all week and then is just playing football because he loves it. You've got a guy that now he doesn't this dude doesn't even love football anymore. It's just his job. So he knows exactly where he needs to be because he's trying to make provide a, a living for his family, so to speak. And if he can just know where to be at all times and do his job, his family will always have food on the plate. So like in that sense, just the timing has to be just impeccable more so than it needed to be at the college level. So there's a precision. It's all been, it, it's, there's a precision to it. You're, you're not playing the, uh, you're the piano for your family and it could, a couple keys could be out of tune. Everything's perfect. Yes. If you bump a key, the whole stadium is going to know you played the wrong note. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, and then so so you so your senior bowl goes good, yes, and you're happy with that, mm -hmm. and, and you have you have the most uh, completions of all the quarterbacks on your on your team or, or, or both teams. I think it was like the most completions ever in the game. Awesome. Okay, yeah. and 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 and, uh, and you threw an interception there. Is that was that a, is that a bad thing? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the game, I made a nice play, and then as soon as I went to. I don't know. It was just a weird. I made a, I made a weird, a weird throw. Just a, it was just off a little bit. And like I said before, these dudes are a lot faster and smarter, so um, they'll highlight any mistake that you make. Um, but it was very close to being the play of the game. Very, very, very close to being the play of the game, but just underthrew it a little bit. Wow. And and, and how do you recoup from that? Uh, do you just start tripping immediately and start reeling? Uh, I actually, um, it was at the end of the game, we were down and I had done so well up until that point. Um, and I was about to, I hadn't seen my family in like a month and a half and I was going to be able to see them after the game. And that was like one of the last plays of the game. So I really, I wasn't, I wasn't stressing about it at all. I really didn't even necessarily care. Um, obviously it would have been nice to have ended it on a high note, but it didn't, it wasn't like a low note for me by any means. And when you say it was good, it was close to being the play of the game. Meaning, if you would have thrown it a little differently, yeah. Meaning, like that play, I I, I caught the, I caught the snap. The defense was rushing me. I made a couple good moves, uh, ran out of the pocket, and it was kind of like you remember that video uh, that you showed when we were at Shepherd Stadium when I was rolling out to the right and I threw it. It was like a shorter version of that, but I underthrew it just a tiny bit, and um, it ended up being an interception instead of a touchdown. What? what oh, okay. So it was in the end zone. It was close to the end zone. It was right before the end zone. Gotcha. And, and, and do the guys say anything to you? On your no, team? everybody. No. It would, I mean, especially with like, like if it would have been a real regular season game for a real team that I was a part of, you know, that conversation definitely, you know, would happen. I'd probably beat myself up about it a little bit more. But because it was just an all-star game, the senior bowl week is like hell week, basically, because you're learning an NFL offense for the first time. 
you know, you're juggling all these things. And then on top of that, you know, you've got to go to parades for the city. You've got to meet with NFL teams for four hours at the end of every day and you're getting five hours of sleep. So I think more than anything, I was just, I was happy that it was over with excited that I had done well and just relieved that I could just enjoy it now and be able to see my family. Um, did, are you enjoying the process? Yeah, I, I definitely. I think it was looking back on it, a lot of newness and anxieties because of that newness. But I think that everything that's happened has been nothing short of amazing. And I am still having those same feeling, feelings of just nervousness and excitement for, you know, what's to come. And then after the Senior Bowl uh, comes the um, National Football League Combine, which is sort of like a place where all, everyone comes and and they basically poke you and prod you and test you. But before I, I you answer that, uh, we talk about that. I want to um, read a comment here. Uh, Judy Reed, how is Tyson Bajan able to maintain his values with his walk with the Lord in college? Uh, whatever he answers, I'm going to clip it and save it and show it to my son. Are, are you you and she? Maybe she knows something I don't know, but you are you are a religious guy. Uh, uh, um, you're a man of faith. You, you're a, a Christian, Tyson. I am. Yeah, I am. My, I was. Um, I grew. My family used to go to a church uh, in Shepherdstown, Episcopalian uh, church. So I grew up in the church, and then me and my mom uh, started going to like a newer style church where the the pastor was saying things that that we that we could understand and that were that that correlated with our everyday life. So I, we, we started going there, I think in 2016, and it was actually, it was in Shepherdstown at the time. They moved to a bigger building in Martinsburg because they were, they were having to do so many uh, services because of the amount of people, but um, it was actually a two minute drive. So just because it was something I feel like me and my mom connected, connected with as well as um, just, I mean, really something that, that makes me feel um that makes me feel, you know, really good about what, what I'm doing and, and who I am. Um, it was easy to kind of, to, to stick with it. And I don't know, it was just a, something that I could do on my own that, that I, I could make my own and I could have my own relationship. And then I could also connect with my mom while doing so just because college, oh. you get a little bit busier and, and all that stuff. So it was pretty easy for me, but I was also in a super lucky situation with a with a with a newer style pastor that was saying things in a way that I that I could that I could understand that I felt comfortable enough to to ask questions and to to text with and and call when I when need be so I I was lucky but I think it definitely helped um it definitely helped me mentally along the way so so I, I so kind of like um connect with your your mom which I'll say it's like one of the most earthly um, and I don't, but I say this with positivity, no negativity for us humans who have good relationships with our parents, being connected with your mom is one of the greatest things ever having a good relationship with your mom. So you, you maintain that using the church as, as yeah. a, as the tool and then also connect to a higher power, which you, which you believe in, you have faith in. Yes. And, and then, um, and then there, from there you had a pastor. Do you, do you know what any of your values are? I'm 51 and I, it seems like only like in the last couple of years, maybe last year that I've started being like, wow, values are important because no one can take them from me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't, I have, I don't have like a list, but all, I mean, something when I think about like my values, um, I think about the things that I care about that will make me a better person. 
uh, health and wellness. I have a big, like I value my health and wellness. I value my, my relationships um, and, and, and watering those relationships and being present in those relationships. Um, I value um, not lying, cheating, stealing, um, telling the truth, which is, I feel like these are all things that are net, that are, that are hard, that are hard to, to stay consistent with 24, seven, 365 days a year. It's hard to tell the truth all the time, especially when you're around a lot of people nowadays that will tell, you know, little lies, you know, almost every day. And you can, it's easy right. to get caught up into, you know, just hopping on board with, with that. And it honestly, it makes life pretty easier in the, in the moment when you can just tell a lie and then move on to the next, you know, daily activity of your day, but being able to stand, stand up and tell the truth and then whatever happens, so be it. As long as you're telling the truth, um, I feel like it makes for a much simpler life, but sometimes people can't stand a, a simpler life. They, they want to uh, spice it up and lie and <laughs> do all, do all the things. Uh, the other day, uh, so I, I bought a, a magic coin for my son, Avi. Yeah. It, it's a coin that you bite off and then it, the top's missing and then you go, and then it becomes a whole coin again. Okay. And my other son was, Joseph was like, hey, I want one of those. I was like, okay, cool. And it was only seven bucks. I'm like, I'll order him another one. And, and pardon me, kind of, I didn't want to order it to him because I wanted it to be my oldest son's like own thing. Yeah. But anyway, so then he said, hey, did you order it for me? I'm like, uh-huh. And I hadn't ordered it. So I lied to him. Yeah, yeah, and, and it just started eating away at me. Yeah, like it was just a, and I thought, and my, my, I justified it as like, hey, I'm gonna tell him I didn't order it for him. I'm gonna tell him I ordered it for him. He'll forget about it for by tomorrow, and then we're good to go. And then so the next day, he's like, hey, did it come? And I said, oh no, it, it's coming the next day. And then finally, I just stopped. I said, hey, dude, because what I'm like, <laughs> I didn't order. I, I was like, fuck this. Why am I lying to him? You know That's what I mean? What it it's like, it's like, all it's, those little white lies. Yeah, it's because it it's it's comfort in the moment, but it's yeah. Just, it's a road to disaster and that it is even those little ones you can only realize that once you've once you've lied like something about something dumb like that which i have done a million times and thankfully i you know i mean i'm still like you're talking to your girlfriend and she's like hey you're like hey i gotta go i gotta eat dinner but really you're going outside to play catch just tell her hey yo i'm going outside to play catch exactly yeah exactly hey my mom's calling me yeah are you back my mom's not calling me yeah um anyway so i told him and he goes i hate you (laughs) i'm like hey dude that hurts i'm like i don't get hurt too easy that hurts could you like you know rework that and he came over and hugged me i'm like hey just so you know i i you're and i explained to him you're only hurting yourself if you say you hate me and and he got it i'm like doesn't feel good right he goes nah i go and and i pulled out my phone and i ordered him one right there that's awesome but yeah um okay so uh so then you, the, the senior bowl is done and, um, had, did you already know while you were playing the senior bowl that you would go to the NFL combine like that? All that stuff's laid out. Yes. I got an email invite to the NFL combine before I had even left to go train in Florida. So I got it right before, uh, new year's. Okay. And, and so, and so you go to that thing and, and is the NFL combine real or is it just a formality? Is it just like, Hey, they, does everyone already know what they're going to do? What guys they're going to pick? And it's just a formality or is it, and it's just kind of like a, uh, I don't want to say a marketing thing, but a kind of uh, like letting the dogs kind of walk around and draw attention and build hype. Or I think there's a little bit of that. I think that teams have an idea of who 
who they like and whose film they like and who they would want on their team. I just feel like the combine kind of maybe puts the cherry on top. Like the whole Sunday is already created, but then the combine is like just clear, just checks off the box. Like, okay, yes, this guy did this. Uh, we already liked what he did at school and, and on film. And yeah, this is a guy that we like, or you got a guy that you like and he goes there and you realize he's way slower or, or doesn't necessarily catch very well or throw very well. Then you're like, then you're like, okay, perfect. That clarifies. Now we're going to go with this dude. Um, and then, and then there's a, there's a point where you sit in a room with a guy from every team, right? So it's you and like 10 or 20 or 30 dudes and they just fire questions at you. Well, you get, um, they, they put you in a big open room with a lot of chairs and you all just sit down and lounge around and wait and teams will just come up and say, Hey, my name's so-and-so I'm with the Chicago bears. Come over here. We're, we're going to do this quick little meeting. And it's like a 15, 15 minute meeting. They want to learn about you. They want to see where your IQ is at football wise. And then they shake your hand and then you go sit down again and you wait for another team to come. Do they sometimes, ever ask you? Sometimes no teams might come, but oh. I, but I yeah. So at the like at the senior that board, hurts. I, That's like when you're they're like uh, you go to a press conference and no reporters ask you questions. Yes, exactly. It's almost like it's almost like a high speed high speed dating um, gig where they just they come grab you, you meet for 15 minutes, and then you go sit back down. And then if another team is interested in interviewing you, they'll come grab you, and you keep doing the same thing, or you won't get any, or you might get every. Um, did anyone ask you any just like off the wall questions like you didn't expect like hey Tyson do you own a handgun or uh, hey Tyson um, uh, did you ever go to juvenile hall or hey Tyson have you ever uh, uh, raised your hand to your mom like any shit where you're just like whoa this is there was a lot of the just a lot of questions like that but just in a broader sense I thought it was weird um, they, like you ever like like what you ever have any problems with the law like something that yeah they they asked okay. that they asked that and they just ask if your parents are together those were the two. Oh, things. they do ask that. They do, yeah. Which I thought was weird. I understand why they do. I just thought it, I just think it's weird because it would just suck if you, I heard that's the only reason why your mom stays with your dad because they knew they were going to ask that question. The, uh, combine. <laughs> they asked the yeah. That's what I would say whenever they asked about like what my GPA was. I would say I would tell them what it was, and I and then I would say yeah. Well, I didn't get that because I like school. I got that because I knew I'd have to tell you that. Oh, interesting. You did say that. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, fascinating. That's a fascinating question. You know, that, that's a crazy strong correlate having both parents at home to like, like dude, crazy shit, like cancer or going to jail or how much money you make. It's like the strongest correlate for everything. It's nuts. Yes. It yeah. Is which is nuts. why I understood, which is why I understood why they were asking. I was just like, man, I can't imagine if I had, if like my parents had, a shaky relationship that I was kind of upset about. Yeah. If they asked me that question, that would probably upset me. No, my dad's a piece of shit. <laughs> They're like, all right, check that box. Yeah. yeah, crazy. And then on the other hand, I guess they have to be also sensitive to stuff because um, there is value on having, and, and I, I hopefully we'll get to this. There is value having someone like you on the team who has a chip on their shoulder. And that's kind of where my question is getting to like, like, You've done everything right, mm -hmm. and yet you still uh, – you're having the, the tough dose of reality that the journey's never over, right? You've done yes. everything right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, a, yeah, what, like what is my going dad, on? 
I know. Like my dad was talking about it. You even have the success. You've done everything right. And you've had all the success. Yeah. My dad was talking about it. He's like, man, like Shepard will never, ever in the history of their school have get some, have somebody drafted. Like never, it will never happen because like, and you think about it, like my, my standpoint, like I went and was successful all four years in college. And then it's like, all right, you did it, but you're at a smaller school where nobody's big and fast. And then I go to the senior bowl and I mix right in and I do very well in the game. 17 for 22, 140 yards passing and in one quarter. And then it's like, okay, so now, and, and learned an NFL offense and got a 96% on the cognitive um, test that they have out for quarterbacks. So that's what right makes there. me think it's all just a formality. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, which is just a tough, which is just an annoying pill to swallow. Like I understand it. Right. Um, and I, I know that if I was at one of those big schools and they called somebody's name that played the same position as me and they said Shepherd university, I would yeah. be a little bit besides my, beside myself. Um, and I understand that it is a risk. There is a risk factor in being the one to also make that decision. Um, it's just, it's just kind of, anno- it's just kind of annoying. Um, and then, you know, I threw for 17,000 yards, more touchdowns than anybody ever That's in the crazy. history. I go to the NFL combine because, and, and there's questions about my athleticism. I jump 36 inches in the air, run a four, seven laser 40, throw the piss out of the ball at the combine in front of, at the, with the, at, with the highest stakes, with just 35 cameras. I know this nationally televised. I know my neighbors in Shepherdstown and Martinsburg are watching. I know there's people in different countries watching. I know the whole NFL is watching. Do my do my thing right next to the best of the best. And then it's like still. But you got it's your goofy dad in the cool. audience distracting you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. All the all the crazy, all the crazy shit. And then, you know, to still not get drafted, but um, to, to sign. And then at rookie minicamp, it was, it was very cool because at least I was so just focused on learning the plays and everything. I don't even know where anybody, I don't know where any of those guys that I met were from. Oh, I don't okay. know. I don't know where any of them were from. And I doubt that they know where I'm from, which is, which is awesome. And the coaches, the coaches, you know, don't care like anymore. Once you're in the building, you know, everybody's just, you know, you're on that team now. You're not where you're from. You know, at the combine, it's like, oh, I'm the guy from Shepherd. Are all those dudes drafted? Those dudes that you're on the mini in the mini camp with? No, nah, the majority so the of them. Is, the mini camp is filled with all the players they drafted, all the guys they signed as free agents, and all and all the guys that they have just trying out. Oh, there's dudes who just like, uh, excuse me, is this the Chicago Bears? They're like, yeah, like, okay, I'm here to draft for the team. Yeah, or no, they say, hey, um, we want you to come trial for the team. And then they're like, okay, I'll come try out for the team. Wow. Yeah. Hey, and I'm guessing some of those guys are there. No, they know we'll never make the team, but they just need warm bodies. They're also just to exactly. like, like exactly. punching dummies. Exactly. Oh man. And then if they, is... if they surprise you, if they surprise you, then it's just a plus. Then you get somebody for really cheap. That's really good. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. So then you go to the combine and you do all that and you have an amazing time, by the way, I appreciate you painting that whole picture. I know that's not your style. And I really, that was, that was just brilliant. What you said that sums it all. We could cut the first 38 minutes of this uh, interview out. (laughs) Hey, it's like that. It's like that. When I watch um, the interviewers too, the, the, I would, the lack of precision 
and intellectual uh, um, integrity that interview the best interviewers in the world have drive makes me sick. And by best, I mean the highest paid ones. Like if I watch a clip of like some guy on CNN or Fox or something being mm-hmm. interviewing someone I'm like, yeah. fuck, these guys are lazy. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like there's no there's no pursuit of the truth. Yeah. Uh, OK, so. But these guys you are working with are in pursuit of the truth, right? Like the mm-hmm. Chicago, the guys on the Chicago Bears want to pick the best guys because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it means winning the game and everyone there is singularly focused on winning the game and getting the, and <clears throat> I guess getting the money too, right? Right? Yes. Yes. So, so that's good, right? Yeah. Coach, yeah. Coach is just, I mean, I was, I was signed. I signed with the Bears before the draft was even over. They came to me and they told me they were like, you know, it was between me and a couple other guys with their last draft picks. And the, the offensive coordinator called me and he said um, they they needed to draft players in these certain positions, but it didn't deter the fact that I was the quarterback that they wanted from this draft class and they wanted to get a deal done as soon as they could, um, which, which, which felt good. I mean, they were the most aggressive in, in pursuing me the whole time. Even before the draft, they sent you like a hat and a jersey and stuff, right? Yeah, yes, yes. So it was cool to, you know, feel wanted by an NFL team in that way. And then, um, yeah, we got a deal done, and it's all excited. How, how many quarterbacks did they did they draft or sign? Uh, they, they me, and then they tried out a quarterback from Florida Atlantic University who they did uh, sign um, a couple of days ago. Okay, so so and does that freak you out? No, it, it it it's a little bit different in the NFL. Um, and once again, as long as I'm, I, I have really nothing to freak out about. Um, I feel like I've already like, like completely just hit the lottery and won. Um, I, I'm not really worried about what what's next. Um, I just am gonna stay as prepared as possible. Um, so as long as I do that, I can have no no worry or, or stress to kind of what's next. And if it works, if it works out, which I think it will, then it, it's going to be great. And if it doesn't work out, um, my life is so freaking sweet that like, it's also perfectly fine. And I understand. Uh, Tyson, are you at risk of being let go? This is the question from Tom um, after a training camp, or do you have a solid place on the roster? I don't, I'm not sure I even understand the question. All right. So they bring all the, they bring all these people in. For rookie mini camp, right? Okay. And we had two practices. After the second practice, they immediately cut who they were going to cut. If you didn't make the team, <clears throat> you didn't leave the field without without knowing. So they cut it down. Now the team is filled with ninety players. There will be two more series of cuts till they get to the fifty-three man roster. So I, I mean, everybody in the NFL is at risk for being cut every single day. So, um, so no, nobody, nobody except for obviously the high name guys that you, the household names that you hear of every day have a solidified roster spot, um, on the team. It's constant, constant work and and fighting and clawing to make that 53 man or to at least make the practice squad, um, which is just, you're a player that just practices that doesn't dress for the games. Um, they still pay you, you're still part of the team, but you're just, you just, they, they want to develop you for a little bit longer so that you can, in a few years, you know, contribute to the team. So, so you're signed, but even if you don't make the team, you're signed. 
even if I don't make the team, I signed um, and they are committed to giving me a certain amount of money because I signed. So they, owe but, me but is it over a duration too? Like, I'm not worried so much about the money, but is it, are you signed for like a year or two years or? Um, it's a, it's a three year, it's a three year deal. It all goes. If, if I'm, if I am who I say I am, it is a no year deal. As soon as they are like, we don't think he's good enough to play on this team. Then they would just, they would stop. They would owe me the money that they owe me, but I wouldn't be on the team anymore. There, I mean, there were guys in my shoes, in my, in exactly my situation that right after rookie minicamp, they're like, yeah, they just, they just released me. Crazy. So you're just, there. So you're a Chicago bear for two days. Uh, uh, sorry. One second. Uh, hello. Yes. Uh, Department of uh, Therapy certifications. Yes, I just found a really shitty therapist. Uh, his name is Hiller's therapist, and he said um, I'm interviewing Tyson Bagent, and he said that um, I seem uninterested, which is the furthest thing that could f anyone could have possibly said. Please revoke that therapist license. Okay. Oh, you're gonna go there right now? Okay, I'll wait, and maybe I can hear a knock at the door. Oh, there. okay, good. Get him. Thank you. Bye. Asshole. I seem uninterested. You fucking out of your mind. Hiller. Hiller's the guy that posts the funny videos, right? Yeah, this Which is his them? Hiller's therapist. This isn't Hiller. This is the guy. This is Hiller's therapist. He's horrible. Nice. He's he's you just fix Hiller's lazy eye. You don't worry about me. If I seem interested or not, you douche nozzle. Um, okay, so so and and so you go to this mini camp and there's 90 dudes left right now after the after the first week of mini camp. Yes. And, and then it's so, uh, 47 more, no, sorry. Uh, let me, uh, thir 37 more guys, uh, will get, um, it doesn't mean they get booted, but they won't be wearing, they won't Most be on. Most of them will get booted. They, I think they keep, I don't know how many, I think it's in the teens that they keep, uh, to the practice squad. It, and, and what's the protocol here? Now I'm trying to act extra interested. What's the protocol here for, um, uh, you share like is it, it what the etiquette? What's the etiquette of talking about this? Is it okay that you're sharing this? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be weird to me, but no, I I haven't been uh, I haven't been let known of anything that I'm not allowed to say. As, as Stephen Flores, Sevy needs to do his uh, homework this season when football starts up again. I know. Uh, uh, maybe have Travis clue him in on talking through games to get some perspective. Like, shut it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm can't believe it with my tight budget. I'm, I'm actually going to subscribe to the NFL network so I can, uh, so I can see what the hell's going on. So we can have uh, Tyson on weekly and just talk about like football stuff. Did the guy really step out of bounds? No, I don't. I'll just say, I'll just send you all the video. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> So so now you you did a week of mini camp and is, uh, um, is that cool? A week seems too short. What's the point of that? Why, no, it why so short? It was only a weekend. It was only a weekend. It was okay. Why so city. short? So uh, so they bring you in, they give you a shit ton of information, and they just want to see how you operate, and if you they they want to see where the green if there's green flags, red flags, you know they just want to put you in a horrible situation and see how you're going to react. It's kind of like it's, it's an acclimation period, so you kind of can get your feet wet before you're introduced to the whole team. Um, but more so, well, from my position specifically, they want to see if I can handle the information given to me, if I can still have a smooth operation with being able to 
save a play in the huddle and then be able to run the play efficiently. Um, all the things that they just want to see me do that, a, that an NFL quarterback will be asked to do. And is this a picture from that? Yes. Uh, who took this? I don't know. I don't know. I got it sent to me. It's pretty sweet. So someone who works there for the Chicago Bears organization sent this to you? Um, my agent sent it to me from the internet. But they, I mean, it's like there's so many cameras everywhere. So many just things going on that are so different from where I came from. Um, that I, I'd imagine there's probably a million pictures out there eventually. I, I love this post. It, you, it, it just ex- uh, screams how excited you are. Um, you're, you're pumped. You're ecstatic. I, yeah, I am. I feel like I'm, I'm part of like the point oh one percent of people that get to make it to the National Football League. Um, and, and, and kind of no matter what and no matter how this goes, I get to tell, you know, my kids, my kids, kids that, you know, I at least get to mention that I played for the Chicago Bears, which is which is pretty, pretty crazy, in my opinion, just especially where I come from, the, the path that I used to, to make it is pretty surreal and something I think about quite often. I, I was um, left in a, uh, a situation one time with your dad that was absolutely nuts. It, it, um, I don't know. Did you ever hear about the time we were left alone on this highway that connects Nairobi, Kenya to Mombasa out in the middle of nowhere? You ever heard that story? Um, maybe, but no, nah, I'm not, I'm not completely sure. I'll tell it on a different show, but it was, it was crazy absolutely crazy mm-hmm. just imagine me and your dad in the middle of fucking africa it, on one of the scariest highways you could ever imagine all sorts of crazy shit happens on this highway crazy shit and we have no we have no we have no way of getting back we don't we don't know anything or basically it takes us three hours to get back from there and, and me and your dad stand out like sore thumbs and i'm carrying twenty thousand dollars of camera gear around my neck and oh, it is it's, it's it's crazy from semis you. almost hitting gotta, us to thousands of people you. around us to guys with guns around us to monkey giant orangutans around us and just just chaos like out of out of indiana fucking jones right i gotta ask him about this crazy and we get back to the hotel and i'm pissed and your dad's cool as a cucumber he's like dude chill we made it back and i kind of get that vibe from you too like hey we're still like we're still in the game one, yeah, one. Like, we didn't get killed. What are you tripping on, dipshit? We didn't get killed, but I'm so angry Yeah, that, it, that, that, it, that someone put us in that situation. But he's not. He's like, nah, no, be cool. He's so I, I try to, like, as I've gotten older, I've become, like, so fascinated with the way my dad thinks uh-huh. um, that I think about, like, that all the time. Like, just his his mindset and attitude towards things. It's like, rarely will he, uh, rarely, even if it is a bad day, will he accept that it was a bad day. Or will he act as if it was a bad day? And I th- that's something that I have um, consciously thought about and tried to implement into you my. You got it, dude. I you exude yeah. it. You got it. You're 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 so present. It's crazy. I know. I just feel as I I, I just feel like now it's just it's all on me, um, which is a good feeling. I like what I like it when it's not in other people's hands. Uh, I I enjoy the fact that what happens from this point on is is solely on me. It's it's nerve wracking and it's a it's a huge um, opportunity with, um, you know, there's a lot that I'm going to have to handle going forward. But the fact that it's all in my hands, that I have full autonomy of of what happens next is pretty exciting. 
Yeah, it's nuts. Okay. Um, uh, Jacqueline uh, Roberts, uh, Robertson, I think that's Canadian money. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Bernie Gannon, uh, people are too busy these days seeking validation and fake virtue to bother with truth. Speaking the truth is uh, out of fashion. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back. In. We can bring it back in fashion if that's true. Right? We can. Yeah. Um, when, you're, when you're out there at this two-day camp, um, how many, how many guys are in the mini camp? 67. And are any of them starters guaranteed starters? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple. I know that they, they drafted a, an offensive lineman number 10 in the draft, which I think they're kind of counting on him with the amount of money they, they, they spend you that you spend on high draft picks that they are counting on, but no one from last season. Um, no one from last season. I haven't met anybody from last season. Okay, it's all rookies. And I, is it? Do the NFL quarterbacks wear those helmets? And there's a, a speaker in there so that the guys on the sideline can talk to you. Yes, it would be like if I had a helmet. I hear the coach talking to me, just like I hear you talking to me right now. And did you? And did you wear those in college? No, no, I wore it in the Senior Bowl, and I just wore it for minicamp. And how was that? It's it's a trip. It is a trip. Because these plays, they are not like I can. I, I do understand why quarterbacks are so valued and why they get paid so much money, um, because it is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Like I did really good at it, but it is it takes all one hundred percent of my focus and discipline to be able to hear a new play that I barely know that I that I've just I've just learned to, I've just studied and understood the day before to hear to even more so than understand it even understand how it's going to sound when when another guy with a different with a, with a different voice and a different slang speaks it to me having to repeat it um just with how intricate and, and the length of it it's 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 crazy stuff and i feel like being able to make a good play is like third on my is like third on any quarterback's list because you got to be able to handle the verbiage and operation to even get to that point first, because if you don't know how to say the play out loud, then you guys can't even leave the huddle. You can't even go to the line of scrimmage to run the play. So can you talk uh, back to the guy? No, he can't hear me. <laughs> so if I don't get it, I just got to go like this. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you don't get it, it, it might break up. How, how's the call? How's the audio quality? It's good. It's, it's, he's, he's got like a walkie talkie type deal. It's pretty clear. Um, but just like with just new, new words and formations, it's hard to kind of understand, like put it together. Like, man, what, what was that first word that he said? Like, was it this or that? Um, and being able to just piece it together, but you kind of get warmed up to it. It's usually the very hardest right at the beginning of practice when we're doing a walkthrough and then by the mid to end of practice, you understand like, okay, all right, I'm starting to get a feel for it. I understand exactly what he's saying this and that but that also plays a part into just a ridiculous amount of, of studying like the night before and being able to understand you know what the goal is of each play and what's really just understand what's happening within each play rather than just trying to memorize words and, and how do you study it do you have flashcards or you just look at it a piece of paper and keep reading it over and over and is it a technique you've developed over the years no nah, so we would they gave us ipads with the uh -huh. playbook in them um so i'm going through our install for that for that day um and what i would do is i would study to play on the ipad then i had a little whiteboard that i would 
just look at the play name and write what the play was. And then after I did that and understood the play, then I would speak the play into my phone and then I would press play and hear it. And then I would regurgitate it. And you do all this by yourself. You're just in your room by yourself doing this. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's a, it is a, it is a straight up. It is. A, I mean, yeah, it is a job. It is a straight up job. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm falling into the minutia, but I'm fascinated by this. Okay, so the so you do a play at minicamp. Um, are are you wearing pads? We are wearing just we're wearing helmets, our practice jerseys, shorts, and cleats. And um, the play's over. Mm-hmm. And how soon before the guy starts chirping in your ear for the next play? Um, I would say anywhere from five to eight seconds after the play. You hear? Do you the, signal him that you're ready or no? No, uh, you'll just hear. You'll hear the. Uh, the walkie-talkie cut on, and then you'll hear the fuzziness, and then he'll be like, all right, Tyson, here we go. Remember, this is a blah, blah, blah read. Here we go. Gun foot left, Z left, 33 dose can, pass, Z scooter knife on one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, my goodness. He might as well just make clicking sounds. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. It's it's, it's very – it's very, very, very. It's very like that. Almost every play, it's it's very much like that. Even simple. Play. So you're gonna learn a new, a whole new language. Uh, I guess eventually it becomes second nature. Yeah, and I did get the hang of it. I mean, they give you a script of the plays you're gonna run the night before, so you get to study them. You get to say them into my helmet, and I just begin to try and understand like what each word means and who's doing what based on the words being spoken to me and. I was able to do it, and I really, man, I, t- I learned so much about myself at rookie minicamp because initially when they gave me the the, the load of information, I- I'm also I'm, – I'm more so almost laughing in my head like, like this is like comical. Like you expect to give us this information and for us to have any success tomorrow, you're like you're out of your – you're out of your mind. Um and but, but yet you're still up for the challenge exactly exactly then, <laughs> but then but then i go to my hotel room and i just understand that i just i i can't fold i don't want to fold i want to stand 10 toes on this because this is the decision i made and the path that i created for myself so i'm gonna lock myself in this room and try to absorb as much as this i can and then being able to go out and have success uh the next day after just looking at it like it was a mountain like it was in, um just a unsurpassable peak that i wouldn't be able to to like get to and then being able to do that it just like it was just so like confidence boosting and and motivating and inspiring to even just myself that i was able to do it so it, it made me excited uh, going hey, forward do they, do they ever ask you in your career do, do the coaches ever ask you a question like um uh, uh about the other players like like let's say that let's say the chicago bears know that they're going to keep you and they're stuck between two receivers. Would they? Would they ever? Would they ever say something to you? Like, hey, Tayson, what do you think about um, you know, Joshua? Uh, maybe not me, but they might ask like whoever the man is. Like that, I would get questions like okay. that. Shepherd. Okay. Yes. Um. And, and um. And do you have time to be um in this mini camp or in this? Do you have time to be affectionate or give accolades to your to your guys? Do you start showing? I'm. I'm do you, do you have time to show your leadership already and to show your ability to, to think, bring the guys together? Well, yeah, like not going out of your way to do so, 
but just within the job that you're asked to do on that day. So like handling all that information, a lot of the times I feel like my leadership qualities would show up, obviously with just the ability to, to absorb and, and learn all the information shows leadership qualities in my mind. And then also being able to have extreme command of the huddle and not, and, and it shifts because at first you're like covering your earpiece and you're looking at the ground and you're just memorizing and trying to say the play without messing up. But then once you get comfortable, you get some swag and he says a play that you know, you're like, hey, here we go. Pay attention right here. Here's what we're going to run. Blah, 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 blah. All one. Ready? And you get a clean break and you run to the huddle and you have good communication, good process and operation. That's kind of where. Um, the leadership qualities are able to be shown in these mini camps as it goes down the line, you know, speeches, breakdowns, those things happen, um, which I think is also a sign of good leadership qualities. But um, at, at training camp, you know, you're so um, absorbed with wanting to learn this information and needing to that those are where the leadership qualities will show up. Um, what, what about other guys? Um, uh, fuck, I'm going to, embarrass myself here by saying this because i don't know what i'm talking about but what about uh, there's a, a play and a guy's supposed to zig and he zags oh listen did you hear the play i just said to you that was yeah a no play. i didn't No, that was a <laughs> real play and, and there is a bunch of of dudes just because they made it to the Chicago bears doesn't mean that they're not allowed to be dumbasses too there were so many mistakes on all levels just because, I mean, this is and the... do you compensate for them? Let's say a guy's supposed to cut left and you're going to throw it to him and he cuts right. Do you be like, well, fuck, I'm going to... Do you? What, what do you do? You got to go to the next. Whatever's next in your read. Okay. Go go to the next. Go to the next. Move on. Damn. Uh, th this is a, um, a turntable. I'm not a, a, a huge NFL fan, meaning he's not knowledgeable about the NFL, but I've noticed people talking about your throwing mechanics, particularly the sidearm aspect. It's so cool. It, I think a lot of people are like me. They're just like, anytime they see your name, they're just digging in and reading out. Um, do you personally feel that this is a vulnerability? If so, how do you improve it? What, what is the sidearm? It's throwing like, didn't Mont I, I, I used to like some team where the quarterback threw a sidearm, like Montana or Plunkett or someone threw a sidearm that I used to follow. Did Steve Young throw a, I'm trying to think nah, when I used to watch I, football. I, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I could go on and on about this. It's pretty, it's actually pretty cool. So it's really not sidearm. It's just extension. And to be able to be an efficient thrower, right? It's obviously from the ground up. You got to have good a good base, and then you got to get your hips and legs involved, and then the torque from your corso, and then your arm is an after effect of being efficient everywhere else. So a lot of times back in the day, all, everybody's like, oh, these offensive linemen, they're so big, they're so tall. You got to release the ball up top. You have to release the ball up top so you can get it over the offensive line. When in reality, you're never throwing over top the O-line. You're always throwing through the O-line. You're always finding a pathway through the O-line to throw the ball. So the height of the release point doesn't matter. And the only thing that happens when you release the point up here is it puts so much stress on your elbow and your shoulder because your body, your torso, hips, and, bo and, and body are doing this. Yeah. But then your arm is doing this. Okay. So it's contradicting, right? So now if I can, if I can extend my arm. Oh. Right? So now 
I can, my arm and my body can be doing the same thing instead of this, because I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not get receiving those benefits of good hips and torque. If I'm coming down like this, as opposed to if I come to the side, yes, like this, yes, yes, so, yes, it makes total sense what you're saying. So it makes I had, total sense. I had extreme elbow soreness in golfer's golfer's elbow, which is which is just inflammation at the UCL in the UCL area, which is about right here, because of inefficient throwing mechanics. But to the world, um. It's almost just like kind of just unhealth how people don't eat healthy and they don't move their body and they make that normal. And they say that doing maybe doing CrossFit or, or getting in very cold water or doing extreme sauna work, they, they would almost say, ah, man, you should be careful doing that when really you should, whoa, you should be careful not moving and eating too much sugar. Right. It's right, like, right. People are like, oh, be careful with this sidearm stuff. But really, it's like, OK, I want I don't want my shoulder and my elbow to be hurting and me throwing like this when I can get the ball out extremely faster and more efficiently and my elbow doesn't hurt when I do it. So I had really bad elbow soreness my freshman and sophomore year. My my the covid year, it got so bad that I was like, man, I don't know how much longer I'm be able to like just do this. Like is this do I want my elbow to hurt every day for the rest of my life? Like this is terrible. So luckily fell into um this page on Instagram, they're called locked in QB and they kind of described everything. And it was, I didn't care what I had to do. I was willing to do it. I ended up, I had to get like a steroid shot in my elbow because I couldn't throw the ball and I couldn't grip the ball. It's like your grip, your, your UCL affects your, the, um, the ligaments with these two fingers down into the inside of your elbow. And then tennis players will get inflammation on the outside of the elbow because they're gripping so hard with these two fingers. So it'll okay. go down to there, to the outside of their elbow. Um, so I ended up, I got a steroid shot in my arm and I, I adopted the, the extension sidearm aspect of throwing and I haven't had an issue since. So it's been amazing for me, but also you will still continue to hear, even though all the great NFL quarterbacks are doing the same thing, they're still the people that are just stuck in their ways of all, oh, you know. Oh, this guys. isn't unique to you. There's tons of dudes doing this. Tons, tons, because it's just the it is the most efficient way. Like if you if you if you're a thrower, it's it's a no brainer. Like because you can just feel you can feel the difference. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so so it's just knucklehead talk. Yes. Okay. It's uh, it's it's cool. So the 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 sport still evolving. Do you do you think football? Have you do you see football evolving in the fifteen years you've been doing it every single day of your life? Yeah. It's so it's so. Um, like it's no, it's no longer like a bruiser, a bruiser sport. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of finesse. It's a lot more finesse with just how the pat, how, how throwing the ball has evolved and being able to have run pass options. Like, it, you know, back in the day, it was, you either ran the ball or you threw the ball. Um, now it's like, you've got plays where either one can happen and, you know, it causes for more of the field to have to be covered, which causes for, different kind of you're not looking for big bruiser meatheads that are just trying to hit you're looking for dudes that are super athletic in space and that can make plays of a wider of a wider spectrum um so i think it's changed the way uh it's changed the way that people are recruited with the types of guys that they want to recruit um, people are looking for a lot more side to side athleticism and speed more so than they are power um and heavy hitters 
Um, Andrew, hi. Yes, your 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 therapist was. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I fired your therapist for you. He's a jackass. Um, are you going to live in Chicago? So you'll live in Chicago if uh, everything goes according to plan. Yes. So the plate they the facilities and everything are about 45 minutes outside of the city. Uh, it's kind of like a suburb area. Um, but but yes, they're, they're definitely you know during the season I will I'll be living there. Uh, uh, I told Sevy he looked uninterested because he had his head sitting in his palm. It's, dude, it's because my brain is so heavy. I have an enormous head and, and it's just he- I have a heavy brain. While Tyson was talking, Sevon later, yes, I did report you to the authorities. That's correct. You probably already had your license pulled. Um, uh, Taylor uh, Crescenzo, Crescenzo. Um, Tyson is my all-time favorite guest. Best mindset, attitude, rooting for you, Tyson. Uh, you're going to disrupt things over there. You're fire. Let's go over and, Greg and- over Greg Glassman. And wow. and, uh, and she looks very attractive. Just a superficial side note. Looks are unimportant. It, well, not really. Okay. Um. That. So. So. When do you go back? So you did your mini camp. Hey, do they give you any? Do you have an exit interview there? Like, hey, good job, Tyson. You made it to the next round. Or no, I just I thought I did well enough that I didn't have to. I wasn't worried if I got cut or not. Um. But the the coaches told me call him the next day, and then he just kind of gave me the spiel of like, hey you know, be back in, you know, a week's time, study the playbook. Here's what you need to study. You know, you're a pro now. This is what pros have to do. So let's get it done. And kind of just, you know, what's known doesn't really necessarily have to be explained. So I understood it. And I go back on Sunday and I go for one month for training camp. And then I come back home for a month and then I go out to start the season late July, early August. Yeah, God, you seem so confident. It's great. Uh, do you have a roommate when you're there? No, they they. I'll be in a hotel room um, for the month I'm there, and then for camp, and then I'll have to uh, eventually. I'll I'll get a spot um, early September, late August. Do Do they have a jersey on the website that I can buy? I think they do. I think my dad knows about that. My dad knows about that. Okay, I texted him right before the show because I heard that there was one, but I went on there last night and I couldn't find it. Yeah, I don't know. He 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 found it. Uh, he showed it to me uh, yesterday, and we were laughing about it, thinking it was cool. Uh, here's a love note from Andrew Hiller. Uh, Dear Tyson, uh, please come do Fran in my garage. Please uh, love Andrew Hiller. Oh, my uh, gosh. He, he's in Chicago. I haven't done Fran in forever. Is he, is he in Chicago? Yeah, or somewhere outside of there. He lives in a log cabin somewhere near there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Well, dang, that was easy for six bucks. Uh, that ten more dollars. He needs ten more dollars. Talk to his agent. Call his agent. Um, any any rules? Anything that you think that would be um interesting for us to know? Like, there's no gum allowed. Um, uh, there's no I don't know. Ice Cube's been banned from the training camp. Uh, Ice Cube songs or like is any anything weird? Like, hey, um, there uh, last year a parasite spread when someone brought a mango on, so no tropical fruits are allowed. Anything like that caught you off guard that you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or they don't allow blue and red because of Crips and Bloods problem they got over. I mean, any? Did you hear anything weird? Um, no, no girls. Are you allowed to bring girls there? Like a girlfriend or a wife? So this whole uh, for the whole month of training camp, uh, it said no guests allowed. No guests. Okay, and that no sums up. Allowed. Okay. But I mean, once once training camp's over, I mean, you're just a grown man working a job, so you can you have full control over everything outside of football. 
what will you do? So, so uh, no cocaine. Yeah, that probably that's uh, no drugs. Probably. Um, what about um, so you do the training camp for the mini camp for two days, and now it's a month before you go back for another month. What what? Does no, Tyson... I go back on Sunday for one month. So you had a week off. Yes. And what do you do during that week? Do you keep training, or are you just resting and healing? Um, I have been. I haven't been uh, working out to the point that I'm making myself sore. I've been doing a lot of running and then a lot of field, um, like specific, like to my position work. Um, a lot of, and just a lot of obviously getting in the water, getting in the sauna, and then a lot of balance work. Um, I feel like it's served me pretty well. So I've, I've been hitting that, continue to hit the slack box and the slack board and the slack bow um, every day. You Plus, got a slack bow? Yeah. Yeah, he gave me. He got a slack bow. It's pretty. It's so. Oh my gosh, I I dread doing that every day. Cause it's hard. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. But I've got. I've noticed how how much how much better I've gotten at it. And I feel so athletic after I'm done. Like my body just feels so like. I just feel so balanced. It's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I are those even in production? I'm not, I'm not sure. My dad um, talk communicates with Jim a lot. A lot of time, whenever I'm talking to him, I'm just asking him questions that I'm curious about. Uh, with Jim Klopman, that's the creator of the Slackbow and the yes. Slackbox. Okay, yeah. yeah, me and him. He's he's a cool guy. I've hung out with him a couple times. He's you know helped train me and show me how to properly train with the equipment and everything. Um, but my, I know my dad. My dad handles a lot of the communication. Um, and he business wise, and he would probably know if that, if the slack bow is in, um, production. Is that, is that weird that you were introduced to that just, um, three just months ago year. and it's, yeah, it's already, a, yeah, it's already a part of your daily, like, do you have any concerns that like introducing something like that could screw you up? No, I, I cause you know, I, first off, I mean, it's so easy to just do it 10 minutes a day. It's kind of like a why, why, why not? Um, and then I read his book. Um, and it has some pretty, you know, fascinating things to me, um, just about like balance being the six and most forgotten about sense. Um, and just kind of how being extremely balanced, like your body only allows you to do movements based on your balance level. Like you can and can't do things based on how balanced you are. So I figured the more balanced that I can be, the, the harder it'll be, you know, to, to sack me, to tackle me, to, um, take me down. Um, all, all of those things. So I, I've, I've definitely, it's, it's another thing that I've used as a resource to help me with football. Yeah. It's awesome. God, I love hearing that. And, and you're sponsored by, um, toe spacers now. Yeah. Toe spacers. They hooked it up. Yeah. That's awesome. Bam. Get you some toe spacers. Yeah. No, and, they've and, been great. They've been great. And, and you never got to train with Danielle Brandon. That that just didn't work out, right? No. Okay. Well, she did follow me on Instagram. I was hype. I was hype yeah, about that, that. Awesome. Yes. I wonder if she follows me. I need to check that out. Um, uh, Clydesdale Media, Scott Schweitzer. Um, how important was it uh, that the Bears were your coaches at the Senior Bowl? Oh, that's true. The Bears. The, it was the Bears coaching staff that was uh... the offensive coordinator for the Bears was my head coach at the Senior Bowl. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So he got to he got an intimate look at you. Yes. So that is huge. 
It was. Yeah, it was. It was. And like I said before, they were the most like aggressive in pursuing me. Um, and it was just one of those things where they, you know, had gave me, you know, a, a good deal and they had just, you know, besides the money, they were the ones that made me, that made me feel the most wanted. So, um, it was easy to, to say yes to them. Yeah. What a trip. If, um, what, what do you think, do you, what do you think the best outlook is, um, in the next, uh, six months? Like what, what would you, what do you like, what would you like to see happen? Oh my gosh. What would it even be in six months? What month would it be? I have no idea. I just made what, it. Well, what football, month? when does football season start? August? Football season officially starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right around August. And then depending on how far you go. Four months. But what's an ideal situation in four months that you're actually on the sidelines at games? Yes. Yes. That would be pretty freaking sweet. That is my goal. And that'd be crazy. You'd just be, you'd be just, you'd just be standing there in case something happens and you got to run out there and throw the ball. Yes. Or, or hand the ball off. Yes. God, that's so cool. Uh, Clydesdale media, been a bears fan forever. I'm so stoked to have Tyson on the team. I know all these, all, I feel like there's been a lot of bear fans come out of the woodworks uh, locally where I'm from. Um, just cause you know, they haven't necessarily been the best team uh, in the last handful of years, but um, since I've been on the team, people aren't as as uh, as shame as a shame to come out and say that they're Bears fans. It, I was I was actually um, this morning I was thinking at the level that you've taken this sport to in your life. At some point, you have to just imagine that even if someone hates you for the team that you're on, that you you you've become successful that you actually have the honor and the privilege for someone to hate you because of the team you made it on. I mean, that's how high that level of the game is, right? The fans just sit around. They Probably the vast majority of fans have never met an NFL football player. And so for them, it's just like either hate, hate all the guys who aren't on your team and love the guys who are on your team. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's kind of crazy that it's almost an honor if people don't like you at that level. Exactly. I mean, yeah, and it, it, <laughs> right? it, that's exactly right. But because the only reason that football players are able to make the absurd amount of money that they do make um, for doing such a, for, for playing a, ch a, a children's game is because of how crazy and love and obsessed fans are like fans dump a bunch of money into this. Everybody's always watching and everybody cares so much that, yeah, you will. There are definitely some crazy fans out there. I mean, everybody's crazy enough for this whole thing to operate as it does at the extreme level that, that it operates at. Um, so yeah, there definitely be some, there's definitely are some, some crazy fans who will hate on a, an, another person just because of the team they're on. Do you have a number on your, do you have a Jersey with a number? Yeah. Number 17. And, and, and will that be that if you, if you stay on the team, that will be your number? I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it could change, but I think that they, that they're, giving me that number and, and do you do they ask you what number you want to be or they just assign it no they just assign it yeah crazy dude thank you so much for coming on thanks for keeping us uh up to speed on your journey what a great thread and how fun it is that the the people on the seven podcast get to follow your journey this is so cool this is i i love i love the guests that keep coming on and keeping us up to speed as they as they go for the the you know the the big prize big pie in the sky yeah, I love I love coming on here. I appreciate it every time you have me on. 
Uh, let me read one more uh, uh, comment. Um, RJ Van Veen training. Uh, hearing you guys talk football is getting me excited for the National Football League again. Uh, don't worry about the pick. Brady got picked 199th and is the GOAT. Time is your best friend. I wish you the best of success. Is that true, Tom? Is that true? Tom Brady was the 199th pick? He was the 199th pick. But um, yeah, no, nah, it's all, it's uh, not being picked. It's all good. I, I identify, I identify as being the first pick in the draft. So let's rock and roll. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, you seem, I, I don't see a one um, uh, um, kink in your armor, dude. Let's go. Yeah, you're as solid as they get. All right, uh, Tyson, I will continue to bug you. Um, I hope you become so big time uh, one day that I get a text back from you that says, who's this? Contact my agent. <laughs> You're the man, brother. You're the man. Good to see you, Savon. All right, good to see you too. Bye-bye. Dang. Dang. Uh, and thanks for the loot, brother. I appreciate it, Mr. Uh, Van Veen, RJ Van Veen. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, he's got the CEO shirt. He's that's the one my my uh, son wants. He wants the one with the American flag in it. Got to get a uh, Travis over at Vindicate to make one of those in the kid size. That was crazy. Oh my goodness! Doesn't he have a crazy head on his shoulders? Oh, I love him. I wish I had a daughter to 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 get him to to marry him to. What a cool dude. What a cool dude. That is, um, uh, it, it's, it's a trip talking to him because usually when I'm doing an interview, I'm like, okay, I'm going to warm up to this person over a two hour period and, and, and hopefully earn the ability and trust to ask some questions that my, I otherwise wouldn't ask just right when I met them, just out of just human dignity and, and, and I guess social, uh, <sighs> social norms just earn, i just feel like you should have to earn some questions earn some trust for you ask some questions but with tyson um i i when i interview him i think okay i'll have um five more years or 10 years like there's questions i want to ask him that i don't ask him because i'm yeah i i don't i don't want to uh wham bam thank you ma'am you know what i mean i want to earn i want to earn even more trust more 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 trust uh, he had a smallish head Normal, normal head. Uh, that's the one I want. Yeah, the CEO with the American flag. Yeah, that was cool. I just, um, I just contacted actually Travis too. I'm trying to get a shirt sent out for his brother uh, Ezra. He got a cool ass brother who's amazing at football. Amazing. Go figure. I should have him send tank tops to the Travis. Got a, uh, a daughter who's amazing at uh, volleyball too. I uh, give him Paulina's number. Oh, that's not a bad idea. She got a good head on her shoulder. A good head on her shoulders. Paper Street Coffee. Someone asked earlier what my favorite blend is. You want my favorite blend? Uh, you're kind of probably asking the wrong person, but it's the fifty-fifty blend. I don't even know if they sell it or he just makes it for me. But I like to. Um, I like to sip coffee. I don't know for the first till like three o'clock in a cup like this i put one shot of uh, paper street coffee in this cup uh, espresso and then i fill the rest with hot water and maybe i feel do that two or three times until like three o'clock and i just sip it 
So, you know, I take my boys to the tennis courts. I fill this up and sitting there. Hopefully it doesn't get knocked over. And then I, while other people are drinking water, I take a sip of my crazy diluted coffee. And I love the 50-50 blend. Uh, Sean, Sevon, uh, you have to set up the weekly NFL episode. When season gets closer, I'll be your correspondent for free. All right, let's do it. Everyone's for free. Everyone's for free. Trust me. Hey, did you guys see this? How crazy is this? Um. I'm so happy for my friend. Uh, Tra when I think of Tyson too, here's another kind of insight that I probably don't share. Like you ever have a friend who has a really cool dog or a really cool car and you're like, you're happy for him. Like they roll up to your house and you're like, yeah, you're excited for him. I'm like, I think of Tyson as like being like uh, my buddy friends, Travis, like, like my buddy friend, my, my, my buddy Travis owns him. That's his, you know? And so it's just kind of cool. Or if your friend has like a really hot girlfriend or like a, a really cool wife, you're, you're like happy for them. And you think, oh, yeah, that dude, that dude, you're like, you're happy because they own that. Or your friend's got a cool gun. I know it's superficial, but I, I, I'm i just happy for Travis that he like he's got one of those. And he earned it. He made it. You know what I mean? Like he has a son he can take anywhere and be proud of. Like his son doesn't bite people or carry a gun or rob banks or sling crack. I mean, he, he got... He can take uh, his son everywhere, and his son represents uh, him so well. It's cool. Like if he was a dog, you can take him to your friend's house. He doesn't like attack your friend's dog. Yeah, it's 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 um, yeah. So that's I part of like, as much as Tyson's his own person. I I think of him as just a, my buddy Travis's cool son, like super cool. Okay, I wanted to show you guys two things. Um. Uh. <laughs> I'm probably, I, I should have asked her before I said this, but uh, Miranda Alcaraz sent this to me. And uh, uh, she, she said, this, this is really good. She said, oh, you got a second job or is this your side gig? And if you can see your, if you can see your screen right now, uh, you will be blown away. This guy actually does look like me. This is, um, let me see. You guys see that? It's a, it's a, it's like one of those guys, like you see it, like, uh, like on a street performer, like what are they called? Pantomimes. Pantomimes. Is that the thing? But that dude actually looks like me. Look at that dude. That's like me 10 years ago. I saw that. I was like, that's pretty good. That's like the best doppelganger. And people send me some mime. Thank you, Ken. Pan Why do I say pantomime? Is that something? People send me some messed up doppelganger. People send me some messed up doppelgangers that I don't appreciate. But she sent me that when I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, that. Even kind of his mannerisms. And he's got glasses and. All right. Uh, yesterday, I went to uh, the Sandlot. The Sandlot, it's called uh, Foot Plant Skate. And it's um, Shane and Ryan Sheckler. Yesterday, I was calling him Shreckler. Sheckler's uh, Skate Park. And a uh, big skate park. I think they got a rule there. No more than seven kids in there at any one time. Uh, appointment only or invite only. It was nuts. 
and um, we're going back today, and I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty darn excited. Uh, the kids tore it up. I'll, I'll, I'll put up a video here soon of them uh, doing that. Uh, the California Hormones uh, people set that up for me. Paul. That's pretty stoked. Very stoked. Yeah, that could be my twin, right? Uh, one more thing I want to show you guys. If I knew how to repost, I would I would repost that too. Um. I think, uh, I, I don't mean to just um, start jerking myself off already, but, um, oh, my goodness, two things. Okay, two things. Uh, I started reading this book yesterday. Uh, not true. I started listening to this book yesterday. This book is uh, something else. It's called Black Snowflakes. It is absolutely, um, it's incredible. I'm three chapters in. It is absolutely incredible. The guy's name is Spencer Shaw Page. You can take everything he says about uh, black people and you could apply it to white people, to Asian people, to transgender people, to anyone who's feeling sorry for themselves. Anyone who's playing the victim. It is, it, it, this book is incredible. Black Snowflakes. Spencer Shaw Page. And it says how the liberal victimhood narrative ruins black males. It, it, and, and I know that that alienates people who identify as being liberal because I, I used to hate that when people would say that. Even when I wasn't a liberal anymore, I still hated it. Uh, Sevon, a book to read, a Lost Connections. Okay, hold on, hold on. It's my turn yet. Hold on. You have to. Uh, you have to. Uh, you have to read this book. You have to get this book. If for no, don't even read it. Just get it in to, to purchase it to support this guy for what he's saying. It's so clear. It's so concise. And 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 to, to honest to be honest with you too, uh, it's it's um it gives me um uh not proximity bias um what's the other kind of bias um there's a word for it something bias he basically says everything that i want to say but he says it so much more eloquently than me in 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 and in, in it's and it's powerful and it's powerful also because he has melanated skin and it's so it's so one of the things he attacks he 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 points at and attacks and uh shows the idiocy in it right away is this thing that Jews and um, uh, melanated people do to their kids. Confirmation bias. Thank you. Confirmation bias. The confirmation. The guy with the giant dick. Confirmation bias. Thank you, Cameron. The clock. Confirmation bias. Thank you. Uh, the, no, not condemnation. Uh, confirmation. Thank you. Condom bias. Uh, egocentric bias. God, you're a piece of shit. God damn it. You're a piece. Oh, Mason. I hope you get paddled today. Hope someone. I hope. A, I hope a shopping cart hits your uh, car door today. Uh, okay. Uh, this. Um. Th th there's a. Uh, yeah. You just got to get this book. You, you threw me all off. Confirmation bias. Yes. And I can't find this guy on Instagram. I want to invite him on to the uh, show. Yeah. Mason does need a good paddling. Now, don't laugh at his. Don't laugh, Robert. Uh, Robbie. Do not laugh at his. Um. At his jokes, please. 
there is a uh, he he talks in there about how how the Jews he doesn't say the Jews he says the black parents but I know the Jews do the same thing as the as the as the black people they tell their kids all this shit about how basically they have to work twice as hard and that no one thinks they can succeed and all this shit and they think that they're helping their kid and you know one out of a thousand it might put a chip on your kid's shoulder that does help them but the other nine hundred ninety nine you're giving your kid an excuse. It's because they don't understand the fundamental mechanisms of the psychology and how the brain works. Don't give people excuses. Don't help people argue their limitations. If you're going to take a risk like that to help manipulate your kid to go to the next level, use it wisely. It, this, it, this, is a, uh, this is a brilliant um, – it's, it's a brilliant book. Uh, Bernie Gannon, uh, people used to want to be thought of as winners. Now people take pride and are celebrated for being victims. Yeah. And, and that's what they're supposed to do. That's that's exactly once you start. Uh, this guy explains that's exactly what the liberal mindset wants you to do. It's a, it's, a, it's a race to who can be the biggest victim. It's awesome. This book is amazing. Amazing. And you know what's crazy? The guy who sent me this book is a black guy. And I'm going to take uh, a crazy pride in this. And he basically said, hey, I started listening to your podcast and your podcast planted the seed. And then I went to this book to go to the next level. Great, fine. I, and I know I'm a bit of a douche nozzles at times. And, uh, and so I'm glad at least I was able to plant the seed. It, it, it disgusts me how much I alienate people. I, I hope I settle down as I get old. It, but I'm just young and virile and, and I still alienate people. I had to get uh, Someone the other day had to slap me around in my uh, IG. This chick, the uh, least unsuspecting person. Uh, sent me a uh, a DM, slapped me around, told me to settle down, that I'm undermining my own message because of how how aggressive I am, and I so needed that. Uh, Q Johnson, uh, seed uh, was planted. Appreciate you, Simon. So uh, I apologize if I for alienating people and being a douche. And I was like, I'm, I, I'm 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 yeah, I'm young. I mean, I mean, I'm old. I pretend like I'm old, but I'm like, I'm I'm. I went to the beach yesterday. I played frisbee like a people still watch me when I play frisbee. With little kids, people are like in awe. <gasps> ran out, took off my shirt, ran out into the ocean with my boys. Six o'clock at night, sun setting. I just I'm young again. I'm a savage. So that's that. See? I know. Gotta stop. It happened. Okay, uh, so I showed you this book that I'm uh, listening to. I got to get this guy in the show. If anyone knows who he is, uh, Spencer Sean Page. I, I was supposed to have Sarah Sigmund's daughter on today, and I wasn't comfortable having her on while I was, had this little tiny setup, which is interesting because I felt comfortable having Tyson on. Um, because, but I just feel like, I, like when I have Sarah on, I need to have like the big screen and I need to be totally settled. I guess I'm just more insecure about having Sarah Sigmund's daughter on than um, Tyson Bajan. I will not. Uh, hi, Benji. Uh, I will not be going to uh, Pasadena. I'm not. I'm not old anymore, uh, David. You're you're 51 old fuck. But I'm not. Like I, I know maybe a week ago I was. But I got the Viking dike cut. I swim in the ocean. Um, my frisbee game's on point. Um, I will. I will be covering the semifinals. We are about to schedule a massive amount of. Uh, we're about to put, put a ton of stuff on the schedule. Maybe we can have you on, Benji. Benji, th this is that Benji, right? This is the guy out of Florida who's the agent for um, some of my favorite 
uh, CrossFitters? Just that Benji? Uh, maybe next week I'll be old again. I don't know. I just feel like a stud right now. I feel so good. My nutsack is showing. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so it is that Benji. Okay. Yeah, maybe we have you. I got to have you on the show. Find out what's going on. That's a reason why I wish I was going to Pasadena. I, I do look forward to uh, when Justin wins the games this year, um, accepting my invite to the uh, Madeiras uh, house party. I will probably rent an RV for that and park out front and do a live stream from the party. Uh, that'll be my first 24-hour live stream from the party. That will be crazy. You can plan on that. Uh, in August, we will be having a 24-hour, first-ever 24-hour uh, seven podcast from the Madaris' front yard in um, in the uh, in the ghetto, Lodi, uh, in the white ghetto in Lodi, California, Stockton, wherever these guys live. No, Philip, find your own friends. He says, Sh Shanna, can I hang with you guys? Okay. Uh, a couple, what do I want to do here? I, I think I should show you guys, um, I don't know. Did you guys, did you guys watch uh, uh, Trump on um, CNN? Why is that? Um, why is that lady? Uh, it, it, it's 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 kind of interesting. If if you didn't like Trump and you think like sometimes he's a little bit lowbrow and speaking to the lowest common denominator, it was like a race to the bottom yesterday. Why was she? She, she behaved worse than him. It was like she was comp competing um, for being a scumbag. It was crazy. And, and not that I think Trump is a, a scumbag, but he sometimes I don't understand the the social nuances or melu of his uh, presentation. Uh, but she was, man, she didn't. That was not cool. That, I, I was I was actually embarrassed for her. I was uh, extremely embarrassed for her. Something's going on with my uh, screen sharing today. It's not working right. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, if you believe at all in uh, equity, diversity, inclusion, or diversity, inclusion, equity, whatever that those D the DEI stuff. Uh, this is this is as gentle as it can be said to explain the issue with it. And this is. Uh, this is the problem. Uh, this is uh, Wesley uh, for Texas. Uh, he stays on the side of this Instagram post. Uh, Joe Biden's interior secretary has made it clear that skin color and sexual preference are far more important to the administration than qualifications. I pol politely remind her that pol that policy isn't working. Yeah, it's so it's so messed up. Um, when I flew to D.C. from Houston recently, I didn't stick my head in the cockpit and say, thank God uh, everyone here met their diversity and inclusion goals. I want people who are qualified to fly the plane, regardless of what they look like. I don't understand why it's so hard for to understand this. Um, so uh, here we go. Here we go. In your, in your written testimony, you said the interior continues to work across the department to expand equity, diversity, and inclusion. What exactly does that mean? 
It means that we want our department to look like America. We want everyone to have an opportunity um, to uh, be a part of our really wonderful department that cares for our public lands and our cultural heritage. Let me add one more thing and then I will close on this, ma'am. The word that I think is missing from this statement that was also qualified, qualified. Um, when I flew on a plane from Houston here today, I did not peek my head in the cockpit and say, I hope every pilot met their diversity and inclusion goals. What I really wanted to make sure is that the people that were in front of that plane could fly it so we didn't crash it. So I understand the idea of being more inclusive. I understand the idea of being more diverse. I've been black for my entire life, but I also want to make sure that we have to talk about qual the most qualified person gets the job. And with that, I yield back my time, sir. Thank hey, you. And do, don't think for a second. Don't think for a second that it, if, if you I, I actually haven't heard this, but I know it's in their playbook next. They're going to be like, hey, don't be stupid. Of course, qualified. These are just secondary. They're not secondary. Anyone who knows anything about DEI who or who's met any of these people, it is um, qualification has nothing to do with it at all. Zero. They, it's, it's not even close. It's not even a priority. You never want a job to be concerned about making people feel wanted. Let me repeat that. You never want the job. So if you're working at Apple, you don't want anyone there. Or if you're going to the U.S. Navy or if you work at, uh, as a toll booth uh, operator, you never want your boss or the people who are paying your paycheck to also have the role of trying to worry about if people feel included. That's not the way that works. If you want to run a successful CrossFit gym, you should make people want to feel like they're included. You do not want, I never once was worried about anyone at CrossFit Inc. feeling included. I don't fucking care. That's your fucking problem. I'm not here to, I'm not here to make you feel included. Why would I ever do that? You don't want me doing that. You don't want me doing that. You don't want me to be worried about whether you feel like you belong. You don't want me in that part of your life at all. And yet CrossFit Inc., just so you know, they, they are worried about that right now. I want to be super duper clear about something I posted on the morning chalk up too. There was a guy there who is the CMO who quit working there or got fired. We don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Maybe you guys know. And basically I have no love for noble for a couple reasons. One, because they supported outwad and I think outwad's a despicable organization. And because of the policies that they have openly supported and the laws that they've supported in regards to uh, um, sexualizing children um, and, uh, and, and being basically openly prejudiced and discriminatory under the guise of being open. Supporting uh, men in uh, uh, laws that would allow men to participate in women's sports. And, and the list goes on and on. It's, it's, it's a gross, gross organization. And Noble has openly supported them. And then the second thing is that they put out a letter uh, mandating that their the employees, in order to keep their jobs, take drugs. And if you're the chief marketing officer there, then some of that shit falls on you. All of that shit falls on you. You're an executive in the company. I don't know that guy. I do not know that guy personally. 
And so I alluded to that and some people weren't understanding what I was alluding to, but that's exactly what I was alluding to. It's not even, and it's, it's not implicit. It's explicit. It's explicit. If I have a bus full of hooligan bank robbers and I drive them to the bank, knowing that they're going to rob the bank, I'm explicitly involved. I'm going to get, they're going to give me 10, I'm going to wait for them to finish and I'm going to get 20% of the money they rob. And then when these drugs that you force your employees to take kill people, maybe not any of your employees, but maybe, it makes you a despicable human being. Especially then when you use the word that says, Uh, uh, we killed ourselves to get this 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 NFL contract. I paraphrase, but but except for the word "kill," I don't really care that he used that word "kill." But he runs with a group that wants to cancel words like "I would kill for this," which is the woke crowd. And and and, and don't forget anyway. So I I just want to be very clear about that. There's, I'm sure there's some really, really great people who work for Budweiser. But it, but it doesn't mean that um, what's happened to their sales isn't deserved. So, uh, Sevy and Raw, uh, been at it again. I, you know, I'm close to him. Maybe I should call him and, uh, and, um, um, and son my, uh, son my, my perennium. <laughs> A wad zombie, don't cancel words, period, even. Yeah, I agree. No, I, don't, I agree, don't cancel words, it's stupid. But I, but I, when I say that word, I don't like uh, that word that you wrote. I don't like how I feel. It, it comes from a really uh, mean place. And so, hey, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't like people, um, if you don't like, um, uh, <sighs> If you don't, if, if you don't, if you, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't hang out with people who do things that you don't approve of. But if you make money from, from things, from behaviors, if you make a living, then you should just expect that it, it, it's not out of place for, for uh, people to be mad at you for about it or to attribute it to you. So if you have a job that hurts kids, then and, and you make money and, uh, from it. Then yeah, then then you're someone who 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 does something that that hurts kids. If you use if you use an iPhone, you're participating in uh, what they say is some sort of uh, uh, Chinese child slavery. It is what it is. Just just admit it. Yeah, maybe maybe that's true. Devesh Maharaj, the hammer. Sevi will say the word once he learns to say it with peace. I wonder, uh, I am a huge fan of the uh, cantaloupe, an enormous fan of the cantaloupe. And I, uh, so, someone sent me this the other day, and I was wondering how many, how many would I have to cut 
to like when I put my socks on, I put socks on, let's say, I don't know, 10,000 times in my life. And I'm good at it. Like when I put the sock up over my foot, it just slips all the way up to my calf or to wherever it's going. Right. I don't catch any toes in it. Like a little kid, you know, you ever watch a kid try to put socks on. It's like, they haven't mastered it yet. They catch a toe at the top or it snags on something or they put it on inside out or they don't know to put it. They put it on upside down. So the heels on top, like I've mastered it. I look at the sock. I pick it up. I scrunch it up. I open it. I stuff my foot in. And I'm done. How many cantaloupe would I have to like, that is not how I cut the cantaloupe, but I want that style. That's an incredible style. I cut it in half and scrape the seeds with a big spoon. Is that how you guys do it? God, that looks, it's just smooth. And th th there's, a, there's a, a, a curving rounding motion. Uh, Trish, uh, Trish uh, points out Apple will not be using uh, Chinese child labor uh, for much longer. They'll be using India, China labor. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, Shanna uh, Madeiras, it's, it's more about the knife. Really? You think I could get a good knife? And, uh, and that, will you send me a DM for which knife I should buy? God. I don't approve of the gloves. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, cantaloupe, uh, uh, honeydew is much better. Fine. I, whatever. Any round melon. I just want to, um, I just want, I just want to be able to do that. I just want to be able to do that. I can't believe Hiller's, uh, therapist said that I looked uninterested. That really pissed me off. If I was humble, I would have. I would have, could have maybe taken that cue and been like, "Okay, don't put your hand on your, rest your chin on your hand anymore." Instead, I got defensive. Oh, this is a this is a wild one. For those of you who don't think that we're not just simple creatures that are easy to figure out, how about this? I don't know if you guys followed this story. This story is nuts. Uh, who knows what what is true about it? But um, I went and actually. Um, I actually, I heard about this story and I went on Amazon to find this lady's book and it was available. And while I was looking at the book, I was talking to someone on the phone and then I refreshed the page on Amazon and then it wasn't available. Basically, a Utah woman who wrote a grief book in the wake of her late husband's death. So her husband died. And so she wrote this book and it says, are you with me? And it was a book for her kids. She has three kids and her husband died, right? And so she wrote a book helping her kids deal with the grief. Like, uh, uh, and it's a children's book, right? So for other kids uh, who've lost their fathers, the mom can buy this or, or maybe lost their moms. Um, you can buy this and read this to their kid and, uh, and help your kids with the grief, right? Well, now she's being charged with the murder of her husband. Crazy. He, he OD'd on fentanyl. Five times the, the lethal dose. Uh, when questioned by authorities, Corey stated that she made her husband a Moscow mule. By the way, uh, I love that drink uh, with some uh, smashed jalapeno in it, a spicy Moscow mule, um, early, especially if someone else is paying for it. Made her husband a Moscow mule drink earlier that night to celebrate a business achievement. 
what brought Corey into question was the lethal levels of fentanyl found in Eric's body at the time of his death. In a further investigation, it was revealed that Corey had repeated communication with an unnamed acquaintance and reportedly had long-lasting marital problems prior to this occurrence. Corey's behavior was odd following his death as well. She hosted a party for a home sale the day after Eric's death where she reportedly assaulted Eric's sister. Crazy. Husband dies and you write a book about it. They say write about what you know, right? I like the uh, uh, Lydia good drink choice. I like the cup. I like the cup. Like that, that, that uh, copper cup. I always ask for it spicy. Uh, Philip Kelly, uh, mules are great. Uh, I'm with you on the Mexican mule with the fresh jalapenos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Jordan Burroteron. Uh, Burroteron. Uh, Latter day Saints will fuck you up. I don't know. It seems a, seems a bit, seems a bit racist to me, but. I hear they're good with money. Like if you get one an accountant and there's no Jews available, get a uh, Mormon. So I already showed you that. My doppelganger. That was kind of crazy, right? How are we on time? Oh, it's time to go. Shit, we're an hour and 52. Okay. Um. So tonight there's a show at 6 p.m. I do not know who's going to be on it. Oh, I, no, that's not true. I do know who's going to be. I know some of the people who are going to be on it. I know Brian Friend's going to be on it. I know J.R. Howell uh, will be on it. And I know Taylor Self will be on it. And I, uh, the thumb, uh, as we affectionately call him. And I also know that. Um, uh, I know that either Caleb or uh, Sousa will be on it. I think, actually. Actually, maybe Will Brandstetter is running the back end. Shit, I don't know anything. I do know there's a show at 6 p.m. today. That's all I know. And I know it's going to be a fun show and a successful show. I don't know if I will be on it um, because I'm here in the uh, kitchen at the um, California Hormones uh, Beach House. And, uh, and and there'll be kids running around. It'll be noisy and shit. So, All right, guys. Thanks for the show. Thank you, Tyson Bajant. And I will see you guys tomorrow morning. I know the show is not scheduled, but it will be very soon. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. and possibly this evening. But there is a show this evening you should all tune in for. Uh, uh, Taylor and Jr. and Brian Friend will be surely dropping bombs. Bye bye. <laughs>